Hello, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome to another episode of the fourth season of Quality Sense Podcast. My name is Federico Toledo and this podcast is a place where you can learn more about software testing and quality. We host conversations with different thought leaders about the topic so you can learn more from them. We are kind of reaching the end of the season. Today's guest is a special one. We have been working together for several years. Today I'll share with you a conversation with my friend Matias Fornara. He's a senior leader at Abstracta and we discussed the topic of test automation. Tune in and enjoy the episode. I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. Hello, hello, Mati Fornara. I'm so excited, so happy to have you here in this space, in this podcast. I'm especially happy to, to have the opportunity to share this space with someone that I've been working now for, for many years. How many years we, we have been working together, Mati? Indeed. Thanks, Faye. Thanks for having me. It's really, really a pleasure for me to be here and, of course, an honor to be hosted by you. How many years? Already. Together with you in Extracta, uh, almost five, but in the industry, almost 10 more, actually. Yeah, From, let's call it 10, to, so, so I feel younger. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, Mati, uh, to let the audience learn a, a little bit more about you, please introduce yourself, tell me your story and also how you ended up working in software testing. Sure thing. Um, well, I'm Matias, as you might already heard. I'm from Uruguay. Um, I work with Fede in Abstracta. I'm a senior leader, much more focused on automation and performance, but nowadays mainly focused on automation because I'm leading the automation efforts in, in, in Abstracta. And that's it, basically, for me. Nice. And, and how you started working in software testing? Uh, well, that's a long story, but I started like in 2000, 2013. I started not as a, as a full-time tester. I started in a big company where I developed, I tested, I was an IT support. And then so many, finally- So many hats. Yeah, so many hats. And, and finally, I, I ended up uh, working uh, for um, healthcare insurance testing for the healthcare insurance company. And after that, I moved on to another shop where I dedicated to myself to develop, right? Um, mainly Erlang and Java. And then I, um, in 2017, I started working in Astracta, fully, fully dedicated to, to quality. That's very interesting, especially when you are one of those rare cases when someone starts doing the development and moves and transitions to software quality and, and testing. This is not the common scenario, right? In most cases, I think I've seen people who started as a QA test automator or something related to software testing and then moves to development or some other role, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Actually, automation is so much used as a mean to 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 develop at, at the very end but in my case it's like somehow uh, I, I was always related to quality because a um, great part of my of my developing experience let's say was related to a huge automation framework 
at some point I realized that I, I, I should stop I should stop lying myself about developing <laughs> and I should focus on whatever I have been doing by that time that was actually testing right um well abstract that came in at the, at the right time let's say and you like it so far you're happy with your decision on transitioning to software quality yeah yeah I would say that uh, based on this uh, long-term relationship that we have with abstract <laughs> yeah I do I really do okay And Mati, tell me, do you recognize a, an inflection point in your career, something that changed everything, something that you did or something that happened that changed your perspective about, about software testing or changed your possibilities? I don't know. That's a, an interesting question. Yeah, I would say that many things happen that have somehow broadened my perspective. For instance, I know uh, teaching software testing, performance testing, automation, right? Also preparing talks, uh, workshops, or basically any kind of presentation, right? Um, those things uh, have shown me that we need to be like very careful on how we convey concepts, requirements, or ideas, right? Depending on the target audience. And being aware of, of this, um, let's call it challenge, right? Change the way I approach uh, software projects from a testing perspective. Regarding the inflection point, I would say that it would be the moment, and this is not advertising, right? But it would be the moment uh, when I shine a structure because I have had several leaders, of course, you are one of them, and friends who trusted me and believed in me in ways that I haven't been able to do so far, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, that helped me to, to achieve certain goals. The trust that uh, they gave me, um, became into confidence and to start teaching, leading, and why not being here in this podcast today, right? <laughs> nice. This is this is a very nice story, Mati. Uh, and I think that when you try to teach or explain something to some other people is when you learn the most, right? You are one of the person who gets most of the benefit of trying to explain something to others. And, and how important it is to to have someone who trusts on you, right? Uh, so I know that this is something that you typically do in your day-to-day -day basis, uh, helping others that you lead and trusting them and helping them to grow. So that's uh, an important part of our careers. Totally, totally. Amazing. So, Mati, today, uh, today we wanted to talk about test automation because we are preparing uh, this talk that we are going to give together in TSQA conference. And we wanted to share some of the perspectives and things that we were uh, discussing when preparing the, the talk. And basically, uh, the, the main idea behind the talk is that uh, in most of the cases we've seen that people start with test automation, just trying a new tool or start doing some, some automation, okay? But um, after a time, you have a lot of test cases automated maybe, and even running in, in your CI engine, whatever. My question is, how do you keep the quality of the test harness, of the test automation? How to continuously improve the quality of your test automation? How to review the test strategy and check that it's giving you what you were expecting from the test automation? That's a very interesting question. That I would say that it has like multiple answers, but to be concise, I think that there are like two different challenges here that we should address. One, I would say is related to, to code quality, right? And which 
practices we use to review every increment that our framework has. There needs to be um, an agreement, let's say, on how we as a team develop our automation framework, right? In my opinion, that needs to be clearly documented as well as the responsibilities within the team. We need to generate that um, sense of accountability in the team to keep certain quality standards, let's say. And regarding the second challenge, uh, it's um, much related to, to the automation strategy, right? And how that strategy fits into the whole testing strategy. Right. We need to be constantly looking for the team's feedback. We need to understand if we're adding the right value to the right people. What do manual testers need from us? What does the project owner need from us? I think as in any development process, we need to seek efficiency, right? So we need to know what our manual testers are doing and how are we going to help them? Are we going to automate everything at the API level? If we do that, then what we should cover at the UI level to avoid duplications? That's the kind of uh, thought that we should have, right? I know that we talk a lot, and that's something that you read in, the, in every single article, but we talk a lot about testing pyramid, automation pyramid, but actually, when it comes to real life, we tend to forget very quickly about these concepts, and we end up trying to automate everything and causing a mess very quickly. I was thinking exactly about that while you were uh, describing the, the the challenge, because we, we typically speak a lot about the 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 best practices or the test automation pyramid model and uh, things like this. But in the practice, how is your experience when you approach a new project and you see if they are following that? Maybe even when they say that they are trying to follow that uh, strategy, do you think it's something that people keep in mind after a while? I think that it is, it's a wish. Right. And, and, and it's something that we, we, th we think at the very beginning of the project. But if we don't do anything to, to, well, as I was saying, right, document the decisions that, that, that we make regarding best practices, regarding responsibilities, right? Um, when the, the, the hard times comes, let's say we have multiple features coming in our backlog, we had to automate multiple tests, whatever, right? It's very easy to forget about that. And, uh, and if we don't have like a source of truth, right, to, to, to go to this, this search in, in these uh, moments of, of difficulties, right, um, mm -hmm. then we tend to get lost, right? And we try to cope the expectations and, and the necessity we have in that moment in whatever the way we can, right? It's a reference model, right? So the idea is to take it into consideration when we start, but also during the project to check frequently if we are more or less doing what we said we were going to do, right? So another question is when you join a new project, uh, what are the things that you will try to find out first? In order to have a better understanding of the status of the project or the context to align the test automation strategy? Uh, I have tried to find like a pattern for these occasions, right? And well, the main thing that we'll try to do is to, to understand um, the delivery model, right? For the project. So once I understand how does it work, it might be a super complex uh, delivery model or not, right? But what I try to do is, well, to understand where are the, the pain points, right? That this delivery model can have because most of the time, the answer is not, uh, okay, let's automate, 
and that's it, right? Um, we need to know where this um, where doesn't make sense to automate. It's not like okay, please come automate my process and make it make them faster, <laughs> right? This is there is this uh, belief that 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 solves our problems, right? Um, Just to add efficiency, add, yeah, add like, some like, efficiency to my testing, please. <laughs> exactly. Let's add this robot that makes things better, right? Um, there are always, at least in my experience, there are always. Uh, methodology improvements that we can we can do um, communication issues that we can address and maybe one of the most uh, common scenarios which i face uh, pretty often i would say is a complete lack of manual testing right so in those cases we need to create a, let's call it a testing base right something to work with in terms of testing because at the end of the day what we are looking for is to improve the quality right and automation is just a means to to an end and not an end itself, for me at least, right? And it's super important to understand why do we want to automate, right? And what do we want to automate to achieve that goal? So it's not a myth. It's it's a reality that there are some companies or, or people in some projects where they are trying to automate everything and they are trying to get rid of manual testing. Totally, totally. Oh. And, 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 and maybe you, you see this... Uh, this uh, these motors, these company motors, like oh, we care about testers, we care about quality. But when it comes to 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 the real life, let's say, <laughs> they try to develop and let, they try to read off the this problem that quality is for them, right? Just to okay, let's throw this development into a box and let's wait for the output to be something with quality, right? And they don't even understand that by just automating, you're just validating what you already know, right? And not yeah. discovering anything new about the product. Yeah. So again, the the strategy the strategy could be should include both things, right? Automation and manual efforts. Perfect. Yeah, totally. It's 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 super important that we understand that we are not alone in this uh, ship, right? It's it's an, a test strategy that has uh, within itself um, an automation strategy to achieve something. And sometimes I, it's like, we don't know what, what do we want to achieve, right? In terms of quality, what quality means depending on our context, right? So uh, what about the, the team and the way they interact with each other? Is that something where you typically find opportunities to improve? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We need to to review how we collaborate, right? Asking questions to keep it relevant for the for the whole team, let's say, right? And there are a couple of common questions that it's good to have uh, on your pocket, let's say. For for instance, um, how are we defining what to automate, right? Who is involved in that decision, for instance? That's something that that I, I tend to ask uh, to the teams very very commonly. Um, why? Because it's important to, to have fluid communication between, I don't know, product owners, testers, developers, and automators, of course, to define it, right? It is essential to know that we are taking the best approach uh, we can when it comes to, to, well, to defining what to automate, right? And then we need to, to understand how other aspects of collaboration works, for instance, tools, right? Are these tools that we picked, or let's, let's say, I don't know, task managers, test case managers, well, I don't know, whatever, right? Are these uh, tools helping us to give visibility to the automation, right? Or we should be wondering, are these tools enough for us? Uh, or these tools are hindering uh, our way to what we really want in terms of quality, 
right? We need to understand if we're paying attention to these tools as a team, right? Because at the end of the day, we're not working alone in, in the project as automators, right? And of course, uh, in terms of communication and collaboration, right? Um, there is documentation. A, a great part of the, the task of an automator is to, well, to, 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 to verify that our test framework is well-documented, right? Because this framework's documentation communicates and makes it easier for our project to scale, right? So it's important to, to document like certain aspects, right? Such as, I don't know, the setup or how we execute the test or which environments are we using? How are we generating the reports? Or basically any technical aspect that we have already resolved, for instance, right? And that we know that it can turn into a possible setback, let's say, for any new automation in the future. That's something that we should um, document. We should even think, if you want, uh, that the framework should be usable for, for anyone, by anyone, actually, right? By, I don't know, a developer or any other person that might want to use uh, the framework in our absence, right? That's what we, we should be looking for with our uh, documentation. And, and finally, one thing that is, it's may sound simple, but it's, uh, it sometimes costs us a little bit of time when it comes to automate, right, is the reports. We should be looking into the reports and mainly we need to understand if those reports are providing uh, value to anyone, right? Are anyone in this pressure, in the project that we are uh, making some kind of decision based on that report, right? Are they really necessary, for instance? Because we have encountered times where we are uh, creating super complex uh, reports and the only thing that we really need is just, I know, uh, green light in our pipeline saying, okay, all the tests have passed and that's it. And that's all the information that we need to to decide whether we should deploy to a certain environment or not, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. It, connecting with something that you mentioned at the beginning, uh, it's amazing how most of the challenges that you are mentioning now are very similar to the challenges of developing applications. I mean, we, we shouldn't forget that uh, coding tests... Uh, automating tests is also a, a programming uh, activity and all the best practices and, and recommendations and, and challenges that we have for coding, we also have them here and we should try to apply maybe the same solutions that engineers and developers apply in, 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 in coding and application, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. We should be doing, I mean, we shouldn't be doing anything different from whatever the developers are doing with the with a code base that is meant to, to production, right? I don't know. There are a lot of considerations, right? When it comes to, I don't know, best practices, right? That we, we tend to think that those don't apply to us, um, but they do. And well, uh, as, as you said, right, it's code. Code is code after all. Um, we should be using the same I know, version control practices that they are using. Right, we should have like a defined um, branching strategy. Uh, we should define how are we going to to go review our pull requests. Right, what are the considerations that we should have? And again, we should we mentioned documentation in terms of the framework. We should document, of course, what kind of best practices apply to to our development uh, process because. Again, uh, code is code, but there are a few exceptions, right? Um, few differences between, uh, well, code meant to automation and meant to any other thing, right? Um, but at the end, 
it's important to establish more or less the same things like naming conventions, patterns that we should do, design patterns that we should do, right? Page objects, screenplay, whatever, right? Um, and then our common practice as peer review, right? That's something super useful, super useful that that's not so commonly used, let's say, but it's super useful because not only the, the person that receives the feedback, let's say, it's uh, learning a lot from that exercise, but also the person who makes the review, right? Learns of how a problem is resolved by a different person, right? And it helps you to broaden your perspective in a way. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mati, you you recently came up with a uh, with something that I know you have been working with the with all the test automators in Abstracta that you call the test automation manifesto, right? And I think you are trying to cover all the aspects that you were mentioning right now. It's like a working agreement or something like, like this, right? Can, can you tell me a little bit more about that idea? Sure. Uh, first, I, I, I want to attribute that idea only to me because that's okay. the the product of a, of a collaboration of a, a, a lot a team of effort. testers. Yeah, it's a completely a team effort. Based on the experience, right, um, we have had, well, as you already know, multiple projects, uh, automation projects, and we have learned a couple of things. And yeah, and we, we, we understood that, that we need to write down these this things that were in our mind Right, that we have into consideration, we take into the consideration when it comes to to, to to automating, right? But well, it's like it was a common agreement that we 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 used to have, but it wasn't written. So we decided to do that. Um, we create this so-called manifesto. Um, yeah, it has um, recommendations and well conventions, let's say, for everything, right? Since um, I don't know how to name a class, a method, a package, right? Um, how is, I know, a, a common branch strategy that you should use, uh, a naming convention for the branches, for the feature branches, uh, for, I don't know, how are you going to call the elements that stores the, sorry, the variables that store the web elements like, you know, buttons, text, fields, whatever, right? Just to, to make it easier for us when it comes to 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 review that code, right? Well, the, the action of reviewing the code, right? Because it's, we have this common understanding. So for us, it's, it's very simple to say, okay, this is out of place. We need to correct it, right? Um, and yeah, yeah, of course. And that together with another practice is more related to, I know, CICD, for instance, where these tests should be run. If we are using a linter, how we should configure it. If we are using, I don't know, other tools for for the for static anal analysis like SonarCube, where this analysis should be run in in, in our pipeline, right? It it has like a a, a very huge or broad uh, bullet points of things, let's say, and yeah, it has been super useful for for the new project that we have we have started after after we created the manifesto. Yeah, I, I find it useful also for the customers. If they want to understand the automation, maybe having that documentation, they can understand a little bit more why are we doing our test cases in the way we are doing it or why are we orchestrating or, I don't know, the different practices are easier to understand for, for, for them or for new team members when the, the team is growing. And uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I think a, a great practice that you are you are all doing, but we are talking here about test code because we are considering all those test automation tools based 
on coal, right? Like selenium, what driver I.O. But there is a recent trend to use low code or no code or scriptless. There are, <laughs> it has so many yeah. names for, for test automation, right? So do you think that all these considerations, those practices can be applied also when working with this kind of tool? Yes, yes, uh, I would say so. I mean, again, not in the same way, let's let's say, right? But th there are concepts as uh, concepts as um, modularization, right? That still apply to this new sort of tools, right? Um, this concept, this concept of uh, trying not to reinvent the the wheel every single time, it also applies here, right? Um, then it depends on on the tool how that is resolved. Right, but typically in those kind of tools, you have ways of I don't know creating modules from some kind of test. For instance, I don't know if you want to modularize the login, you can create like a separate model that then you can reuse, right? And then this part of okay naming conventions, there is a super important part. I mean, there are tools that resolve this uh, part of picking the the right web elements, but some tools don't do that, and we need to okay have a a concrete selector strategy right or locators strategy and that is useful for this kind of tools and also for for the code tools right uh, it, it's this, the same concept but again i would say that the main concept that applies to these tools to these local tools is trying not to reinvent the world every single time um trying to reuse code avoid duplications and right? that's super important when it comes to to low code automate yeah and i'm thinking of other practices that, that also apply, even, for example, code review. If you don't have code and maybe you don't have a pull request in your GitHub repository, but you can implement some sort of agreement where before integrating this new test into the pipeline, someone else should have a look, right? Totally, totally. I mean, and, and, and that should uh, entail since verifying that the test actually works, right? and it passes but also understanding if the test is doing what it's meant to do right what it was designed yeah. to do if it is validating the right stuff and the right moment if the assertions are correct right those are the kind of stuff that lead us to to have flaky tests if we don't validate those kind of things Mati, this conversation i think it's full of in insights thank you for sharing all of this experience with us, I wanted to ask you a few more questions to wrap up the, this episode. One of them is, if you had to recommend a, one book, um, which one would you like to mention? Um, well, I, I have read a couple of books uh, lastly, but I would say that one that maybe is worth sharing is, well, uh, actually a book that you get rid of when you when you move uh, to, 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 to the States. And it's called uh, Shidarta, right? It's a, it's a book from, from Herman Hess. Um, it's, it's a very short book, but, but it's, uh, it leaves you with this uh, relief and, and happiness sensation after you finish it, right? Like it helps you to put life in perspective, to, to value the important things, right, in life. And, and the importance of the of how of how the time passes, right? And well, that that helped me a lot in life in general, right? But also when when it came to to well to leading teams, right? To understand what's really important, right? What is not only a job, it's a person, right? And what it's what it's important for me, what's the right message for me to convey? That's not only getting the job job done, but it's also enjoy it, 
the the, the journey, let's say, and while while doing this this well task that you have to do at that moment. Amazing, Mati. Thank you so much for that. And is there something you would like to invite our uh, listeners to do or to reach out in social media or something? Um, yeah, I would completely recommend you to stay tuned to the Abstracta uh, blog post. We are posting a lot of uh, new blog posts. Uh, we have a, a new one uh, that we released like a couple of days uh, before this, this podcast was recorded. Um, that's regarding Selenium 4. And we constantly, you know, uh, post since reviews from some kind of tools, also uh, how to improve your testing strategy also sometimes, right? So yeah, please uh, keep keep tuned because we, 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 we write tons of interesting things that I would say you would like to, to read. Excellent, Mati. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk uh, and, and practice our uh, talk <laughs> in the, for the conference that we are going to be talking about this, these topics Um Uh, well, probably this podcast is going to be released after we, the talk. So please uh, try to find the, the, <laughs> the talk online. Great. See yeah. you soon, um, Mati. Oh. Thanks for having me, Fede. See you soon, Mati. Bye-bye. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios amigos.